13th floor. The 13th floor. Easy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your yes. moderator, B. Jones. And I got to go to you first, phase on this morning, man. Coming to us live from where? From Jamaica. And the views are amazing. Yeah, especially with them shades on. I well, see them in them shades, boy. I want y'all to see see what I see. Before we start, I'll take them off, but I want you to get a glance. If you look in, you zoom in right there. You got <laughs> Goddamn prima guys. donnas, man, I swear. <laughs> this guy is off the chain. <laughs> Amazing. Mike D, what's happening, baby? Uh, just checking out the view from Art's classes. <laughs> <laughs> you see your whole future in them damn things, man. Right, right. Right, sitting up here in the heat, but just I'm in Jersey. I don't have no palm trees, no cabana, <laughs> no pool, no, no nothing, no blue seas. But everything—it's been a uh, crazy weekend. Uh, Drive my oldest off yesterday to college. So, uh, I think, uh, big welcome to adulthood, Destiny. Love you. Mm. What the allowance look like? Uh, 150 a week. Nah, we didn't start allowance in the house. You cannot <laughs> allowance outside of the house. I Tonight. love it. That personal responsibility. Easy. Personal responsibility. Daily advice whenever you need it. I got you through it. Uh, make the basketball team so you get your books paid for. There you go. There so you drop them off and be like, good luck. <laughs> right. good. I'm gonna go check this rugby game out outside here. <laughs> hey, have y'all ever seen a, a live rugby game? I have. No, no I'm not. Man, those things are violent. This what? kid really? literally yeah. swinging like he was throwing punches at this other kid trying throwing to get punches. The- yeah. Oh, serious punches. That's not allowed. Like, yeah, I never saw um the rugby <clears throat> the rugby um like league or whatever at UM. Outside of uh, I've outside seen of the practice. towers. Yeah. There's a play on the field outside of the towers or whatever. Yeah. No, oh. but they weren't as intense. So I've watched oh, the game, because uh, where my sister in law uh lives in DC is right behind <laughs> um it's right behind a, a school, like can't, Gonzaga, like Gonzaga High School or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they be out there getting it, man. man like, it it's was, actually really fun to watch, though. Yeah, it was those those getting laid out. Throw it was crazy. <laughs> it was good though. Me and Michael hey, watching that. Uh, can we talk about the important stuff though? Did you tell her not to drink any liquids coming out of a Gatorade? Oh, we didn't want to. <laughs> we were going through the whole. Um, I would say for the last two years, we've been figuring Gatorade out cooler. What type of drink? When she drink, how she drink, she know the bucket. She y'all had practice, right? Yeah, she don't drink. And most she can do is a cooler. She don't like to taste the beer. She don't like mixed drinks. We didn't got it all figured out. She's great, good. She's great, good. Great like parents who who made the drinks for her? Of course, me. Yeah, some things are strong. Yeah, I can't give you with no. We ain't gonna slip nothing. Like, nah, you nothing. nah, man, you needed to make her the one that don't taste like anything. Yeah, oh, yeah, we did. We tried to sneak it in a couple of times. Late <laughs> mixes, a couple of sweet mixes, a couple of sours. She don't mm-hmm. tell her not to drink anything purple, right? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> cool. That's what I'm good with. It just mean that you gotta. She's the she's the fun one. She's the wild card. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be like, I'm not gonna drink it. I'm just gonna be the one making them, and then it's gonna be five dollars a cup that y'all. <laughs> Plus I tax. I wonder <laughs> where she gets that from. Uh, <laughs> and I got a square card just in case you can't pay with cash. <laughs> <laughs> so we good. We good. Easy. Good. BJ, what's happening, man? 
All good. It's game day, baby. I'm great. It is game day, man. I was in the liquor store yesterday and I saw a dude with an LSU dad on. He was ready to go. And I was like, yeah, you ready to take this L, huh? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. DJ Barry, be fresh. What's going on? Another week, baby. I know I've been out again. I told America I was going to be here every week. I lied. It's okay, though. <laughs> Liberated, invigorated, motivated, fresh baited. Let's get it. Back on the podcast, man. Our man, Coach K. What's going on, baby? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm stiff, but I'm good. And uh, I'm ready for this game. I was ready for the game last night. That might be what <laughs> That's why you're stiff, boy. Speak the truth, man. Looking was, for it all night long, trying to find I was sitting there. Going. I was sitting there, like, you know, arranging my day around. I talking to Asher earlier. Hey, you know what happens at 7 o'clock tonight, son? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have to go take a time out don't bother me go talk to your mama that's it <laughs> you were seven and said daddy no game daddy. <laughs> yeah. gonna be no esme and roy at seven o'clock son <laughs> <laughs> easy man so let's uh get into this thing man as we prepare for the game tonight uh it's a few important topics i want to get into man uh, real quick First and foremost, I want to congratulate mayor and now Democratic candidate for the governorship in Florida, Andrew Gillum. Uh, yes, sir. That, that was a huge win, man. Another huge win from a minority candidate in these upcoming political races. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see his acceptance speech, and because the majority of you are in Florida, um, I'm pretty sure you're up to date with him, but he really, really excited me. Um, not on the same level as Obama, but he's really a, a, definitely a candidate that I want to watch and see grow, especially if he can make the upset and win this governorship in uh, in Florida, and, you know, especially with him talking about the things he wanted to do with schools and healthcare. And he actually brought up um, a really interesting idea of how the states can band together to make this um, universal health healthcare work. And that was something that I hadn't heard before, but really excited for him down there in the state of Florida, man. I don't know how you guys feel about it and what you've seen from him thus far. I definitely agree on the um, watching his momentum and what has transpired throughout his campaign in the race, um, him getting the what will hopefully essentially turn up to be looked at as a layup with with Trump talking some lip about him and, and not even at him when he was talking about him on Twitter and then um, him having the opportunity to, you know, uh, go ahead and rebuttal and, and let it be known. Like, if you're going to talk about me, go ahead and at me, Mr. President. And so it was really okay. uh, interesting watching all of that unfold. But like I said, the momentum of his campaign, watching his speeches, not just the acceptance, but when people are working at trying to, to you know, get those little tidbits from him that, that will hopefully put, you know, sway him. He just gives great interviews um, has a lot of impactful ideals, and I'm really interested to see, you know, what it's going to turn into. So, as a candidate, up in the in the months leading up to the um, primary last week, like there was a lot of hype around the name. There's like we got a black candidate, this and that. But one of the things I always try to tell people is like, man, you got to get into the research and understanding who the candidate is, what they stand for. You don't vote for somebody just because, of, I mean, even though we know pe a lot of people do it and a lot of people do it because they don't want to see the other person, the other color, um, win an election. And a lot of times those scare taxes, those those rallying points um, from the opposite side are, are what gets their voters out. 
But when you alley do your research, I sat down that weekend before the primaries. I actually voted early, um, but because I was rescheduled, I didn't get a lot of time. I normally do two or three weeks in advance, but that Saturday before the pri- before the early voting closed, um, me and my wife we sat for like three, four hours just researching all of the the races that we had to vote on. Get, go get your sample ballot in and research it because you need to know what's going on. We had in Broward County, we had twelve um, judge runoffs going on right now, um, and that's a very important one too. Outside of the gubernatorial race, but when you look at his history, what he's done in Tallahassee, the, the the issues he wants to bring up across the state, and then you look at the other candidates, by hands down, by far, in my opinion, it was no other choice. Um, they, they look at the the backgrounds of the candidates, what they're involved in, the some of the unproven stories that are building up around some of these candidates, mm-hmm. um, and their history in the political ring and their family's history in the political ring. It's really just money buying seats over the years. Yep, mm-hmm. that's 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 what it's been. Um, but when you look at the heart of it and what's what could potentially happen with this um, this candidate moving on to be the go- next governor of Florida, it's hands down no other no other choice is possible. Yeah, man, we're on the brink of history, man. On the brink of history. I'm glad you bring up that uh, point of doing the research because, you know, we can't get caught up in the, you know, voting for the black male or black candidate just because he's a black candidate. But another interesting candidate out in Texas, uh, Beto O'Rourke, he's running for Senate seat in uh, Texas. And he's a white guy, but um, really had a, a, a very inspiring message. Um, I heard him talk about the Colin Kaepernick situation in the NFL, and he's actually somebody who gets it. You know, he's he's willing to play with both sides of the fence, uh, but he understands the importance of, of that situation. And then hearing him talk about the um, um, the immigrant situation in Texas, uh, you know, it, it's really inspiring. He speaks with that same level of charisma and attitude about, you know, and making change and change for good, change for the people. So, you know, without just going at a candidate, doing your research so you make an informed decision is, is huge this upcoming election season. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, not only that, it's, um, it's the candidates who can make the issues palatable, right? The mm-hmm. ones who can put it Good in point. a manner that allows you to actually understand. And, and not just you, it's more the masses, right? I think they say <clears throat> in order to reach more people, you shouldn't speak like past a college level or excuse me, a high school level, I think of as far as the words and everything that you're using. And right. so both these candidates, when they're able to break down the information in a way that you can tell everybody in the room gets it. And there's even, you can feel some of the sways, um, especially with the last gentleman uh, when he was talking about the taking the knee, because the guy who asked him the question, you could tell was adamant about it's messed up and I can't believe they're just disrespecting the flag and all of this. And he was very, um, he was very cautious with his words, but the way that he put the guy in his place was just awesome because you could tell initially the dude thought that he was going to be on the stance of, you know, taking a knee is wrong and it's all about America and the way that he was able to, to bring it back together and really make a strong point about the importance and base of what they are doing was just a really great job. Yeah. All I was going to say is, um, one, yeah, do your research. Two, make sure that you're prepared to vote. So on the day, the primary day, 
Um, I find my voting card, I'm ready to go. And then I would look down, I'm like, oh, I'm still registered as an independent, which means that in the state of Florida, I can't vote in the primary. So uh, that's (coughs) one. So I'm doing my research now. I I figure out how I'm going to register when I get to Chicago. But I'm going to delay that because I'm going to come back home to vote for Andrew Gillum, um, who is a hometown, uh, Richmond Heights, Florida. That's mm-hmm. that's my neighborhood. That's where I, I uh, pretty much Easy. grew up in my time in Florida. Uh, he's also a uh, FAMU graduate, so mm-hmm. yep. same colors, but uh, uh, different school. And on top of that, he's an alpha. So I was, I'm just saying. Ah. <laughs> Welcome to the table. Uh, Welcome to the table. Just if we if we giving kudos, what kudos we Easy. Uh, next topic, man. Hey, Coach K, I think um, your services are needed in a couple of places, um, in a couple of school systems, uh, Louisiana and specifically Apopka. They need some diversity and inclusion training down there, bro. So we had two situations. Obviously, we know it's back to school. Um, Florida started, what, a couple weeks ago. My daughter's going back after Labor Day. But we have two students, one in Apopka, a young man, uh, Clinton Stanley Jr., six years old, going to A Books Christian Academy. And it's turned away because of his hair. Uh, in the school, I guess bylaws or handbook, they do not allow children with locks um, in, as a you know, student. You have to have your hair uh, tapered, clean cut above the ears. So that's a popper, six-year-old Clinton Stanley Jr. And then in New Orleans, I have a young lady, Faith Finity, turned away from Christ King Elementary um, for having braids. And their policy is that the school, the student has to have their natural hair to attend the school, um, which is basically, you know, it's discriminatory in, in practice. But because of it, these two these being private institutions, they may be in their rights to make these types of practices. But I, I want to get you guys take on it. And Coach K, what can we get them some, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion training down there? Oh, we can definitely get it. And I'm, I'm taking my man uh, BJ with me because uh, we need to attack this from all sides, right? Absolutely. Um, and really and truly, look, it, pe- people treat diversity like, like it's the Starbucks drive-thru, right? They treat it just like, okay, I'm going to come through the drive-thru. Let me get a venti black guy. Let me get a grande Asian um, but <laughs> right but 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 that's the extent of it right they don't want to understand where the coffee beans were roasted where they were grown what 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 type of environment did it take um for that coffee to be produced right and 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 that's the problem we we're just checking a box no mm-hmm. we have black students 95% of one of the schools is suppo- is black yep And that's fine. But guess what? 95% of the school is black. However, where did your curriculum come from? Where did these rules come from? How long have they been around? When are you going to update these things? Because they they both sound like they're Christian schools. Both Both of them? Both Christian schools. Both of them them Catholic schools. Right. Uh, Both of them are Catholic schools. So, you know, there's some some questions that need to be asked with, you know, what, what is the intention behind uh, these policies that you have and does everybody understand did everybody even know that they were there or did somebody go and have to search it out just to find a reason for these two kids not to be in these schools 
so with uh, Christ the King in Louisiana, that rule yeah. was put in place this that summer before this school year. Yeah. So just put in place at A Books and Apopka. It's been a rule in the handbook, apparently, and they're, they're just holding on to their uh, staunch Christian or Catholic values, mm-hmm. just traditional ways of thinking, old school I, ways of thinking, outdated ways of thinking. I, I get frustrated with, um, really, it's the fake it till you make it mentality that I would prefer you have wild hair and uh, a straight attitude and mindset than for you to cut your hair and look nice and and not have your your stuff together, right? So I, I hate that they try to make it seem like, oh, well, there's, it's impossible. You could be a great student with wild hair. You know what I mean? That's kind of like the, the message that you send is the same thing. Oh, well, you can't be in corporate America if you don't want to wear a suit and tie. It's impossible. And, and those things aren't true. And so it's always interesting, the the seeds that they try to plant early in in, in 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 these children, right, in order to to kind of um dull them into, you know, getting in line and being what is quote unquote uh uh the the where you're supposed to be. You know what I mean? That it's it's frustrating to me that that hair is not going to create such an issue or disturbance that is going to not allow for education. Oh Lord, everybody getting the amber alert. It's hurricane season, baby. They know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) But that it's it's always taught like that, right? And and we need to break the cycle of trying to say that, you know, these things only happen in these shells. And there needs to be the understanding that yes, you can have an afro or braids or, or locks or anything else and still be a great straight A student who's not disturbing anyone. And to me, there's a larger issue with the child who was so enthralled in this other kid's hair and can't pay attention than the kid who has the, you know, has the locks and is, is doing work. Yeah. I'm torn between the two. Like I true, I truly understand and believe that the situation is we're not bleeping it out, but it's messed up. But at the same time, it's a private institution, so I I can't make them change. It's almost like you understand what the situation is going into it, so just leave. Like, everybody's not going to come around and say, yes, I love hair, I love black people, I love dread. It's just the way it is. So them understanding that, I think I think it was the boy whose parents took him out and took him to another school the next day. Yes. Um, I see that as the option instead of trying to go in there and change them. Because regardless of what you say to them, they're going to give you every excuse possible to tell you why their rule or everything should be in place. It's it's always a bigger battle, right? Then, like, what are you really – if there are other schools who offer the same service and provide, you know, what are you really winning when you fight that long battle – as opposed to, I'd rather hurt you financially and just, hey, as many of these kids as we can get shifted out of there. Then ship them out. Let's get the whole 95% out and leave them, leave them with the four that want to stay. It's yep. almost like the same thing dealing with 45 as the president. Like, now that he's there, folks want to be crazy and they want to start saying what they want. This is kind of a residual effect of that. People feel as though it is okay for them to express their 
um, disagreements with other race, their differences in thoughts, like that's okay. I appreciate you for saying that. Now my response is I'm taking my money elsewhere. I don't have to, you're not the only place I can. I think what we need to do is create our own that allows our children to come into a culturally sensitive environment that educates almost the same conversation we were having the other day about HBCU versus PWI. Like that's, this kind of situation in a nutshell, but it's starting at a young age. So if there are schools that are for, I won't say go back to segregation, but the mentality of understanding, like Carol said, where are those being, where are they grown? What goes into it? You need to find that type of environment. Instead, even if you make them change, genuinely, they're not going to want to do what you need them to do. So that may not be the best environment for your kids to be in anyway. So take it what it is. Be glad that you got in the kindergarten and it wasn't some subliminal that was happening after you dropped your kids off during the school day. Now, I, I do want to talk about the other side of this, right? And it's the same reason that we, we, we opened up talking about Andrew Gillum. It's the same reason that you just don't go vote for a black person running just because it's a black person, because they get into office and they're not capable. They embarrass us. And then it's going to be like hell to get another black person to that same position at another time, right? So if you decide that your child is going to have a weave or um, they're going to have right. dreadlocks, right? If, 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 if you give them that, that uh, option, that capability, then you need to maintain that stuff. You, you can't send them to school and the weave looks terrible, now the other kids are teasing them because now that's a distraction. You can't send them to school and you don't maintain the locks as you should, right? And we see the same thing in the workplace. I remember I had a guy that worked for me. I had two guys. Brett was one of them, right, with locks. At the same time, the other guy <laughs> never, never maintained his locks. He had a – I used to call it a lock fro. <laughs> he had an afro with then dreadlocks on top Just of it. Like and, and he didn't wash it. So there was all this. No, he washed them every day. And and everything. And it smelled. And it, it, the smell took over the whole office whenever he was there. Right. And you could ask Brett. I used to just come to him. Straight, like, <laughs> point blank. Hey, man, do you see his locks? <laughs> they have to look like this or they got to go, Jack. Right. Well, you can't say that. But, yeah, that was the, that was the Oscars. <laughs> right. And it, 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 you just have to remember that. That's a decision that you were making. And just know that if you make that decision, it's an investment. And if you don't have the monetary flow to maintain that, then that's not the option. You just need to take your child to go get their hair cut or take them to get a regular hairdo that you, you can maintain. That's fair. So, and I thought the same thing when I first saw Clint. Blamed, right? Like, because that's where the, the, the disconnect comes is that they don't, they don't, parents don't look at it like that, right? They look at, oh, I got my baby ready for that first day of school. And I spent the, the, all the summer money to go ahead and get these braids. But now a week and a half, two weeks in, when you ain't got that next, that next braid money and right. she got the Afro braids and it's looking crazy, she's uncomfortable, kids are making fun of her now because, oh, look at your hair. You right? So this yeah. is a uh, – oh, go ahead, Brett. I was going to say, yeah, but we're talking about first day of school. So we ain't even got that far into the uh, – into the semester yet, but go ahead, BJ. 
So when I, I look at this, so the, I look at the, the systems that are in place, right? And, and that's my approach. And a lot of things that I, that I do nowadays is what is the system set up to do and how is the system set up to protect or uh, neglect kids in any school in any situation like this. So in situated Louisiana, um, again, you said earlier it was a policy that was put in place in the last school year over the summer, the news report read that parents were made repeatedly made aware of it over the summer and before school started that that's, this was a case that was going to happen and these are the consequences that happened. Um, the case in Apopka, again, is in another Catholic school, but I'll go back to the last year where there was a charter school in Massachusetts. Um, two twin girls braved this issue again, suspended at home, um, not allowed to go to prom, excuse me, they weren't allowed to go to prom and not graduation, but prom and an end of the year event um, because of the braids. Um, so, and I look at the, again, I go back to the system. So we're talking about a Catholic school, well, unless there's a scholarship given out, where if 95% of the population is black already, I didn't read that part, but if 95% of black of population is black already, they're not giving scholarships out to go there because they have a majority of the folks there already that they need. Charter school is gonna be, if it's a private charter, versus a public charter, um, private charter, they're going to either be paying or on scholarship. And you talk about these systems that are in place are just like the workplace systems that people have been combating for years. So whether you knew about the policy beforehand or made aware, your choice was to put them into this situation where this is the rule and this is what needs to be followed. I'm not saying it's right by any means, it's culturally insensitive, no matter how you look at it. Uh, so I'm not backing them, but I'm looking at the system. Again, I keep, I'm going to keep saying that word, the system that's in place. If the system is not set up to support you, support your kids, support their growth, and it's just looking at the outward appearance, no matter what, whether you keep it up, whatever the case may be, if the system's not in place, then you need to get out of the system. Um, but what, what and I, I'm going to say this statement, a lot of people may disagree with me. What we tend to do, we want to challenge the system so much and make a deal about it. So I'm gonna take, the, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I'm not saying this is what happened. I'll play devil's advocate for the situation in Louisiana. So this is the policy where I want, well, my son or my daughter to have braids in their hair. Right, son was in the papa, sorry. Well, my daughter have braids in their hair and go to school on goes the first day, but I know this is the policy. I'm testing to see what they're gonna do. And I'm that parent that's gonna say, you're not gonna tell me what to do. You're not gonna charge it. And, if you try to tell me to do, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it. Well, in the case of this, that parent, she was technically unaware. She said she didn't know about it. But I agree with you, BJ. I think um, you can do more than just challenge the system in this case. And by doing more and pulling our large percentage of kids out of these schools, you will make a much, much huger impact. And that's, and that's the thing. Look how you can break, how you can change the system exactly. from within. Break the it, system. Does, it doesn't mean I'm going to fight you financially in court to sue you because you won't let my daughter here. It's, I'm talking to all the parents that's around here and saying, we deserve better than this. We pull our kids out. If you go back to simplest, simplest form, the bus boycott, right? Why, why were they boycott bus? Not just because, why did they choose to boycott the bus? It was the, a situation on the bus where you can't sit where you get kicked off a lot of that, but they hurt them financially. Mm -hmm. They hurt them financially and financially they couldn't sustain themselves. So they realized, oh, we need the black dollar. If, they, if we 
don't change our policy, don't change what's going on. Now, again, there's many other situations outside of that that had an effect on that too. But if we hurt them financially, and then what happened? You saw carpools get together, you saw van pools get the black um, minibuses taking people, just drop ride share people, was a, a reason reasonable way to attack the system. And the system had to change in order for them to financially stay uh, relevant and, and be successful. But the, the, the caveat, though, is that you have to be involved in the system to whatever extent is allowable from the get-go. Because the, the, the one thing that we don't know, was there a parent-teacher meeting where they voted on these, these policies that we might have mm-hmm. missed? Did they send out some notifications via whatever the little parent teacher thing is? Well, they said no. So no they said notifications. They said notifications. But there's no, the parents don't have anything to do with the policy because it's a private institution. It's made by the board. That, so that, that's fine. But you just said that the one parent said that she was unaware, oh, right? Right. So did they send it and you didn't even open that email? Exactly. Yep. Right. Because you would know before the school, before the school year even started. Right. So uh, the, the, the point is, you need to be involved in whether it be the system, the, the system whether it be the school system, the, your, your job, you need to be involved in whatever things where these decisions are made so that it's not one going to catch you off guard. And then two, you have an opportunity to voice your opinion. And then at least you can say, Hey, I gave my opinion or I attended that meeting. I know what's coming. And then you can decide how you're going to break it down from there. And if that situation where the board makes the rules and you can't infiltrate that system, then you need to make a decision. Is this where, is this the system that I want to participate in? Because it is a choice. And again, I don't know the schools around that area. I don't know if this was the better school with option, but I know in New Orleans, uh, there are a lot of Catholic schools in New Orleans. Um, and they, a lot of people opt for those more than the public schools because of other situations within the public schools. Right. And Apopka, Apopka is another one. In the state of Florida, Apopka is Orlando, Orange County is still my area. Mm-hmm. I have schools in Apopka that are DNF or historically have been DNF, but I also have schools in Apopka that are A's and B's and C's as well. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't know what your specific situation is, but again, knowing the information, being involved in it, and it's hard for me to believe, again, I can't say for sure, it's hard for me to believe that you don't know anything about this, this new rule. Um, when kids are talking before the first day of school and all the kids know the policy and girls saying, I'm going to get my hair braided. You really going to show up the first day of school with your hair braided? You know, that's, that's, they put that policy. I mean, so it's hard for me to believe that it's possible. But- I, I absolutely see it being possible for them to miss that communication because if you're a busy parent, you know, emails come in, Excuses like I swipe, but that's the thing. That's the thing, you know what I'm saying? We don't have that. I don't want that to be an excuse going forward in this school year. And that's the biggest message I want to get across in this um, this podcast today, man, that awareness and activity. You got to participate and we got to know what's going on for our children going forward this school year. Because if we don't, you run yourself into situations like these that could have been avoided. And she could have got it. I, I didn't see an update um, outside of, you know, uh, Clint Stanley going to a different school in Apopka. But I didn't really get an update from what, what what's going on in New Orleans. But... If, if we know these things ahead of time, we can be proactive instead of reactive in these situations and kind of save some hurt feelings. Because if you watch the videos, man, you see the kids, you know, the, the little girl walks away crying because yep. she, she has no idea what's going on. And all she knows is that she's not being accepted for something that's natural for her. 
young mm. man, you know, he's still bright eyed, bushy tailed because he's six years old. He might not necessarily understand, but he has to go to another school where he was uh, welcomed with open arms and shown his, his, the way to his, you know, new classroom. But these are all psycho, it could be bigger psychological situations, you know, with the kids. Whereas if we're involved early as parents, you know, what situations we're getting into and how we can circumvent some of these systemic issues, we can move a lot better. Yeah, I think it's just systemically and we as a culture tend to be in a stereotype where either we don't read what's coming home, we're not fully informed about what's going on with the educational system. But it's interesting that parents that are African-American or Latino or however, if you are informed, you are perceived as not the norm. Um, because you're attending the meetings, you're talking to the principal, you're engaged with the teachers, which is something that we as a culture need to change. Absolutely. Uh, because BJ can attest, usually those African-American communities, out of the 350 kids or 400 kids that are in there, you may have 40 to 35 parents that are engaged. Those are the kids that are getting A's. Those are the kids that are not issues in class. Those are the kids that you see go off to college. Whereas you have the other ones that are, I don't care what you wear, go ahead. Like, like there is a definite difference between predominantly African-American schools and their parent engagement just mm -hmm. across the board. Um, and I think that's kind of what plays into this. I love them to death. I mean, I've been working with them and it's, it's a, you always make the excuse to say, well, maybe they had a bad experience in school. So maybe that's part of the issue in terms of they don't like school. They don't like that. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Glad you joined us this week, Mike. You got a lot out today, man. <laughs> the comments. Phase on. Come off mute, man. I want some more of that sunshine and Jamaican love over there. Oh, now we can't hear you. <clears throat> no. I think he's right. sad. It just like, on, isn't he? Oh, nope. That's 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 terrible. Very be fresh, man. We got to come with you, man. Fresh and biz. What's happening this week? Fresh and biz. Um, I'm gonna keep it with uh, what we're talking about on the podcast today: systems and process. Um, in order to create true success in your business, you need to create systems and processes so that you can duplicate yourself, right? So that you can make sure the things that you do, how you do them, how you move are able to be duplicated in order to continue that move and flow and momentum into success. So you need to take the time to create different systems and processes for the things that you do in your business. And I'm talking about everything from how you want to answer the phone and take phone calls to the actual processes and systems you have in place of, you know, the service or um, product that you provide. So put in systems, put in processes, and push yourself to success. Fresh and biz this week, we out. Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, hey, buddy. There you uh, go. I got the I got the new Yeti. Unfortunately, the new Yeti died like in Star Wars, but it's okay. What's up, man? So what you got for Arts Corner this week? Hey, listen, this this is this Arts Corner for those who are watching uh, this podcast. It's going to be. Quite simple. Those who are listening, just imagine a blue ocean, blue skies, and palm trees blowing in the wind. Just close your eyes for a second. Understand the importance 
of a meditation and relaxation. You may not have time to do a half an hour a day, but you have time to do one minute. Just take a second, realize that it's important for you to just think about yourself for a second, meditate, relax, and get your mind clear. It's a clear mind can do amazing things, but if it's cluttered, you're gonna have crazy, crazy days. There it is, there it is. Before we get up out of here and I let Coach K close us out, man, I want to remind you all that you man, get you this. Want me to, you want me to close out after that, man? You just dropped like that. Oh, yeah. We should have dropped the bike. Cut it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when, you, when you're in another country. When his, when his mind is clear, he could drop the knife. Right. You, you feel me? You heard what I'm saying? I mean, he was talking clear and everything. He was talking slow and wow. <laughs> that, see what Jamaica does, right? That's this that stress relief right we there. We should let that resonate. <laughs> Go back and listen to it again. You can get this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, uh, where we have SoundCloud, YouTube for the videos, Vimeo for the videos, uh, Spotify, all of the above, wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you stay connected with us on social media at 13th Floor, please. Coach K, take us home, man. Listen, uh, one, go back and listen to what Faison said. Um, two, uh, let's let's talk about how we cut down on that stress because a lot of us experience stress uh in these current systems that exist uh and, and what i would say is if you want to form the ideal environment for you your children your future uh, uh family then you need to be informed and that was the biggest thing coming out of the podcast was being informed about these uh, candidates that are running for political office being informed about school policies. You can't help shape it if you're not in shape to deal with it. Ooh. So get involved, get in shape. Let's go. You heard that, Mike? Get your beard mm. in shape, bro. Working on it. Working on it. <laughs> Working on it. Hey, you should have seen it before I even did that this morning. It was all over the place. I had my Wookiee on. Seventies <laughs> 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 on. We out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening here with us on the thirteenth floor. Where the furniture isn't always the best, but, but the Faison's views are amazing. Get better, Z. Still, still love you, guys. The thirteenth floor. The 13th floor.